In America, we don't turn to government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. It's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. possibly say to justify that level of lack of empathy. And that's the problem I feel like in this country at the moment, we were founded on the lack of empathy and we've just kept up with that tradition. If, if you have no empathy. Uh, abortion is devastating for, to women's mental health. No one talks about that. The year after a woman has you an know abortion. What it's really like the, the year after a woman to have the child. They, what kind of trauma is the that? Trauma that is from the trauma is from the rape. The trauma is from the rape. The child's an innocent party there. The child is not born yet. Gener- it's not there. We, we should not take out generational sin on a child to say there's generational sin and that dad was but an abuser, the so the We're child should be killed. Sin at this That's rate. not We're fair to the child. We're talking about rights. And he just yes. said, we've been taken, a right has been taken away from us. And what is next? I want to address that because our fundamental human right that we all share in this room is life. Amen. It's the first human right. Amen. Laws are meant to protect the weak. In a society, who's the weakest? Who's the weakest in a society? A child. The poor. They don't have a voice. They can't speak. A child the in the room. That's or the weak. The a poor child and we're would be the weakest. we're going to keep them that way by and making a, and a child them with disability. Listen, kids. whether you live 10 minutes or 10 years or 100 years, you're a human life, and you have the right to not be killed. And that's what the pro-life fight is all about. That's what we're fighting for, a culture of life where we provide real health care. You know, abortion is the intentional destruction of an innocent but human life. Abortion is the intentional destruction of a human life. And what I really loved about that clip that we just pulled from Twitter, from Dr. Phil's page, is the fact that that pro-life mother was able to not only keep her cool, in the face of a clear setup, by the way, a clear, 
setup against pro-lifers on that show and really across media everywhere. And this mother handled it perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. Now, I've it, like if you watched last night, you'll know that I had that s- somewhat of a same, you know, similar discussion uh, while waiting in line for coffee. And again, I cleared this up this morning on the LFA show, uh, but let me clear it up for, for tonight for the REV audience as well. Um, in no way, shape, or form was I saying that somebody should compromise their beliefs and not stand up for abortion if their majority of their district wanted them to, uh, to stand up for abortion. What I said was, if the overwhelming majority of the district that you are representing votes for you, then they're voting for your policies. Personally, I believe one thing. But if they vote for you, they're voting for your policies. And if they vote for your policies, then you're going to have to do an incredible job at making me believe otherwise once I'm elected on my policies. So I just wanted to clear that up. I just wanted to clear that up. And if you live in a district where you want to change your district, the best thing for you to do is hold meetings. If you're, if you're, if you're running locally or you're running for a state position, hold meetings in your town or have discussions online, discussion board, Zoom meetings, and literally talk to people about what kind of change you want to see in your community and come just like that mother did right there, just like that pro, pro-life mother did right there with common sense and with facts. Because if you could hear that audience, that audience was, as the, as the pro-life mother was explaining her side and not screaming it and acting like a child like the other lady was who was pro-abortion, then the, then the onlookers, the crowd, the voters, whatever, they will see a very poised, very mature, very responsible answer from you and they'll say, okay, well, you know what? This person isn't a crazy. We can find common ground. And that's what it's all about. Common ground, find it, and then get those voters to vote for you. That's what it's all about if you're running for office. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today is New Hampshire primary day, and I am running for office. And we'll get to that in a minute. But we always talk about rhinos on this, on this show. We always talk about people who are basically the old Republican Party and how they need to be removed from office because they do not represent the values of the new Republican Party coming up. And one of those rhinos that we always talk about is Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Now I'll say, I'll be the first to say Lindsey Graham has done some great things for his state. But as time goes on, and as more of the swamp gets revealed because of uh, because of MAGA, really, and the MAGA attitude and the, and the MAGA approach to things, then we start to see all these Republicans who we thought did great things for everybody over the years. Well, they're really just uniparty politicians. And that's probably where Lindsey Graham would fit, in my opinion. But once in a while, Lindsey Graham does something smart. Once in a while, he puts his finger in the air, sees where the wind's blowing, and he does something smart. And now, folks, Lindsey Graham is introducing a bill that would federally ban abortions, I believe, after 15 weeks. It's after 15 weeks, I believe. And, and now that this has been kicked back to the states, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want this to be codified in Congress in any way, shape, or form, which is good. I say ban it completely at a federal level and don't even talk about it, really. It's not the federal government's business, but I think this is a step in the right direction so they don't codify it into law. Check this out. Here's what I think, I think we should have a law at the federal level 
that would say after 15 weeks, no abortion on demand, except in cases of rape, incest, to save the life of the mother. And that should be where America's at. And what would that mean if we adopted that position? The next chart. Where are the chart people? Where are the chart people? If we adopted my bill, our bill, we would be in the mainstream of most everybody else in the world. So that, there you go. He's basically saying we would be where, where most people in the world are. So, you know, common sense. I think it should be at a heartbeat, but it's a step in the right direction because you know that the left is going to try to codify this into, into law uh, through Congress any way, shape, or form that they can while they hold on to power, okay? Now, you guys know where I stand. Obviously, I am a pro-life Christian conservative. Obviously, I believe in no abortion, no matter what, anywhere, anytime. That's what I believe personally. But as a country, we should stop with these Basically, these death rallies, these abortion, pro-abortion rallies, because that's what it is. You are basically out there championing the right for a woman, which, by the way, is not in the Constitution in any way, shape, or form, to make a decision to kill a baby. And it should always be last resort. Even if you're watching right now and you believe that a woman should have a right to choose. If you're watching right now and you're on the left and you don't, you don't adopt any of what I'm saying uh, to be the right way. At least look at it this way. Abortion should always be the last resort. It should not be put on this pedestal uh, this pedestal as something that you can do if you've made a mistake and had a one-night stand. Okay? It should not be put on this pedestal as, okay, this is a form of birth control. This is not a form of birth control. This is a human life. And if you were doing anything in life and I came along halfway through it and destroyed it, you would be upset. Think about it. If you were painting something and I came along and just threw water all over it, well, you're going to say, what are you doing? I'm going to go, what do you mean? It's not a painting. Well, it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. If you're building something and I come along and kick it out from under you, what are you doing? Well, you weren't finished yet, so it, did, it doesn't matter. Well, I was, uh, I was building that model. Well, so what? You only had half of it done. Well, it was going to be done if you'd have left it alone. How's it feel? Now apply that to a human life. Well, the human being isn't done growing yet. No, but it's going to be a human. It is a human, and it's going to look just like you and I. It's going to have a heartbeat just like you and I. So if you would get mad over the fact that somebody would come and destroy your personal property or a project that you were working on while you were a quarter or a halfway through it, and you get upset, why even get upset? It's not what it was going to be. So that means then it never was anything, right? According to that logic, it doesn't work. It does not work. No murder ever. And I am so very happy that I got to live through the, through the, uh, the termination of Roe v. Wade. And I think that's a good segue right now to go to the Lord on this September 13th. Folks, you're locked and loaded right here on Live from America. This is Real America's Voice News, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot. Coming to you from the live for your die granite state of New Hampshire. And it's an honor and a blessing to be here. September 13th, in my presence, you have infinite approval. You often judge yourself on the basis of what you see in the mirror, even though you know how fickle and shallow that ever-changing image is. Try to see yourself as you truly are. Arrayed in perfect righteousness, 
adorned in glowing approval. Psalm 21.6 says, Surely you have granted him eternal blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. Isaiah 61.10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me in my garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Isaiah 61.10. And before you turn out the light, are you finding gladness in my presence? Look into my eyes and see for yourself. I love you and I have made you lovely. Is there a better feeling than having Jesus tell you he loves you? Than having the almighty creator of the universe, God, tell you he loves you? Is there a better feeling than that? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Do you know why that lady in the cold open was looked at with respect by everybody who was watching when she was talking very earnestly but very calm with facts and logic? Do you know why that the crowd kind of looked at her and instantly respected her? I'll tell you why. Because she had God in her heart. And when you have God in your heart, ladies and gentlemen, nothing can stand in your way. After all, if God be for you, who can be against you? We'll be right back with more LFA right after this. Stay tuned. If God be for you, who can be against you, LFA family? We have 2,745 people watching on Rumble. We have 715 people watching on Getter. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you so very much. And I, you know what? I've got some things I'd like to say right now. Gene Havey. Thank you for the letter, and thank you for the donation. Steve Griesbach, or Griesbach, thank you for the note, the donation, and yes, we met in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and I want to thank you for supporting LFA financially. Thank you, and thank you for the note. Louis Gibaldi, or Louis Gibaldi, thank you for the donation. Mary Graves, God bless you. Thank you for the card. I appreciate that and the donation. Susan Scalcioni, thank you for the donation. Ann and Conrad Dubois, happy anniversary to their son and his wife. It was on September 10th, so I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. You guys sent a birthday card. I want to thank you very much. But they also sent something else, folks, to go with my rhino hat. Hold on. They sent something else for when we go rhino hunting. You ready, folks? Where's that wascoey wabbit? Where is that wascoey wino? We're going wino hunting. Where's that wascoey wino? Yeah, I got my gun. I got my rhino hunting. Fake gun. Calm down, FBI. It's wooden, number one. It doesn't do anything at all. Uh, we've got a birthday in the house as well before we get back to thank you. So that's, it's Chap's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear chaps. I think. 
That's your name. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, chaps. God bless you very, 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 very much. Now that I got my rhino gun and my rhino hat, rhinos aren't safe. Susan Dolce, thank you very much for the donation. Judy Epps, God bless you. Thank you for the card and the donation. Sandra Duvall, thank you for the note and the donation. James Hanley, God bless you, sir. Thank you for the pictures and the donation. Although those pictures, it was the red, it was the Biden with the red background and pictures of the devil on his face. It actually kind of scared me. Uh, Karen Cecil, thank you for the handmade rosary. God bless you. Here that is. Check this out. Check that out, folks. A man made their handmade rosary. Isn't that cool? And of course, my daily prayers to save America book. I got a lot of stuff, folks. I like to show off my stuff. Joel Silverman, thank you for the donation. Hold on, I had to write everything down. Cynthia Diaz, thank you for the pocket knife and the bracelets. Check this out, guys. All right, so this bracelet right here says, no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. It just barely fits my fat wrists. So thank you so very much. But check this out, folks. This is really cool. I love presents so much. I know you all do too. Ready for this? A we the people knife. Isn't that cool? Check it out. Awesome. Thank you so very much for those gifts. And uh, I also got a uh, an unknown with no note from Amazon. Books, the end times, plus 1,000 years of peace, end times, major clues from minor prophets. And there was no note. We just got it in the mail. So if that was you, please let us know in the comment section of Rumble or Getter so that we can thank you appropriately, okay? All right. Let's come back from this commercial break and let's get right back into the news, shall we? Here we go. And thank you for the rumbles. We have over 2,000 rumbles on this morning's show. If we can even get 50% of our audience to rumble, like, you know, Getter jumping over here and rumbling and stuff, we're going to be in great shape. We're going to be in great, great shape. Happy birthday, chaps. God bless you. All right, here we go. And welcome back to Live from America. This is Real America's Voice News. I'm Jeremy Harrell, and you are with literally the best audience on TV. God bless you. That's, I know that's, you know, that can be argued. But anyway, thank you very much. I did want to show you guys something, though, before we get into the first and foremost section. And that is this, folks. I got the pleasure. All glory to God, by the way. And all thanks to the LFA family for everything they do. I got the pleasure of voting for myself again today. This is the second time that I have run for office, and today's primaries here in New Hampshire, today's the primary day, and naturally, as you can see, I voted for the smart guy, which is right there on top, but yes, uh, today's our primaries, and I'm running for state representative, so by all glory to God, I have uh, been able to actually vote for myself uh, twice now, and it's a very, very empowering feeling, I gotta tell you, the right to vote and the right to run for an office, an elected uh, seat, is, is such a, it's such an important thing that's enshrined in our constitution and from sea to shining sea it's something that we should always hold near and dear and just remember every time that you have a veterans day every time that you have a memorial day those people those people went to fight so that you could have this kind of a right it's truly a treasure and today my wife even took my five-year-old to the voting booth she even took my five-year-old and i take my kids out campaigning with me because they need to understand the importance of the vote. Amen? All right, let's get to our first slurp of the evening. Here we go, first and foremost. 
All right. Joe Biden's tweet today, or uh, whoever is, I start talking about Biden and I start, but, 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 but start stuttering. By the way, whoever's running Biden's social media needs to be fired immediately because at 11.35 a.m. today, resident Biden or whoever uses his uh, social media tweeted out exactly four weeks ago, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. And today we are celebrating, he said. And then he put, tune in at 3 p.m. as I deliver remarks and welcome the leaders and advocates who made it happen to the people's house. So that was Joe Biden prematurely celebrating his Inflation Reduction Act Tuesday morning at the White House. But then the August inflation numbers came out hotter than expected at 8.3%. And when those numbers came out, the markets crashed. Why did the markets crash? Because the Democrats just spent the better part of the last few months telling you that this Inflation Reduction Act would save the world, that it would save you from the very same thing that was caused by the same people that are claiming to save you from it today. Classic, excuse me, classic communism. That's what that is. That is communism. Create a problem. Tell the government to stick, uh, step in. Take all the power away. Take all the money away. Massive shift of wealth. And then say, we will come in and fix it. And then you don't fix it. Because that's exactly what happened. They didn't fix it. They didn't fix it at all. Inflation is surging in the United States of America. And the markets went down 850 points following that news. And Joe Biden is calling this progress. Progress. Even, he even had the garbage pail kid of the White House, Mean Gene, Crea- uh, mean Gene Kareen Pierre, come out and say the same thing. Progress. But before we get to her and her stupidity, we've got to go and, and listen to what Rick Santelli, who's a market genius, he, he literally is like, what are we talking about here? There's no progress here. Inflation rose by 0.1% in August, even though gas prices dropped. Why? Because of food and shelter. Food and shelter. And when you've got 200 food manufacturing plants that are just going up in flames across the United States of America, supply chain issues everywhere because of Pete Buttigieg and the incompetence and the illegitimacy of this White House, of course you're going to have terrible month back to back to back. The Consumer Price Index, which tracks a broad swath of goods and services, increased 0.1% for the month and 8.3% over the past year. And that's excluding volatile food and energy costs. That's excluding that. So if you put that in there, you're easily negative two. Joe Biden and the Democrats are actually planning to celebrate their Inflation Reduction Act all this week when literally we're in a worse position than we were last week. But that's exactly what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a clip here. Let's play this clip uh, from MSNBC or CNBC where they're actually, uh, where they're actually discussing this. Uh, and we'll just play a few seconds of this because I think you guys should see it from, uh, from somebody who's more qualified to talk about the market than I am. Uh, but I do understand inflation and I do understand recession and I do understand depression. And under D, uh, the Democrats, the, the we are in a depression all the time. Check this out. 
Yes, the August numbers for the Consumer Price Index headline number expected to be down is up one-tenth instead of down one-tenth. And do remember, the high watermark there was in June when it was uh, the highest level since 2005, when it was up 1.3%, up only one-tenth. Uh, the year-over-year numbers. Let's move this ahead a little bit, folks. He gets to where he's talking a year about over the, year perspective. the inflation that numbers. That was in March, where it would moderate one okay, here we go. down seven. So you can see there's been a big reversal. And the panel, of course, is going to discuss this. The thing that really bothers me with regard to inflation is everybody here on this panel agreed months ago that one of the reasons inflation was high was all the government spending. Exactly. And after we agreed on that, what did the government do? They spent spent more. more. Student loans, uh, welfare in terms of the CHIPS Act. Another Seems $700 like billion. sinking in. These numbers aren't better than expected, and maybe they should be, and maybe ultimately they're going to start to go back up again because we continue to go back to that well of debt and spending. The gang, back to you. We continue to go back to that well of debt and spending. And who does that? Democrats. They spend, 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 tax you more, hire 90,000 IRS agents so they can tax even more of your middle middle earning income and then destroy the country. Literally, inflation is all of this inflation that we're seeing is because of out of control spending, 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 spending that they basically justified because of covid and they continue to give themselves emergency powers. They continue to spend $30 billion here, $7 billion there to give to Ukraine. And after that guy was discussing what he was discussing, after that point, weeks, you know, months ago, they, they spent another $700 billion spending, folks. Take it all the way down to the, your own individual home, okay? You can't spend more money than you make. Because if you spend more money than you make, whatever nest egg you have will be gone in no time. And then what? And then you're borrowing. And then what happens when you borrow? You put everything that you own at risk. You put every asset that you've ever had at risk. You put your home at risk. You put your cars at risk. You put your property at risk. You put your assets at risk. And then what happens when you can't pay that back because you have spent so much money at this point that you're just hemorrhaging? Well, they take everything. All you have to do is multiply that to the size of, what the, of the federal government, and that is what's happening to our country. And, and don't forget, we spend $200 billion a year on illegal aliens. $200 billion in, every year on illegal aliens to house them, to feed them, to give them clothes, to give them shelter, to give them education, to give them money, to give them phones, to give them internet, to give them whatever they need. Because, you know, that's America. I guess, the land of the free loaders and the home of the insane. That's what it's becoming. When I was a kid in school, they taught home ec. That was home economics. Raise your hand in the comment section. And if you're on watching on TV, jump on your phone as well and get in the comment thread and let me know if you took that class as well. They don't take that class anymore. They don't take that class at public school anymore. They don't learn how to balance checkbooks. They don't learn how to take out a loan. They don't learn how to budget their income. They do not learn this stuff today. And social studies is called global citizenship. They want you to fail. They want you to be ignorant. They want you to be stupid because a stupid person is a controlled person. Now let's go to, uh, to the garbage pail kid of the White House, Mean Jean Corrine Pierre. I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I get, she can't even pretend to spin an answer. You know that? 
The garbage pail kid of the White House, Mean Jean Corrine Pierre, she can't even pretend to spin. At least if you don't know what you're talking about, spin. But there's no spinning on that record. As a matter of fact, every time Mean Jean Corrine Pierre decides to speak, that record gets stu- 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 stuck on stupid. Here's her trying to make you believe that we're seeing progress. On the inflation report that came out today, uh, the president is promising that the Inflation Reduction Act will do just that and bring down costs. But this bill does not address food or housing, prices of which we are seeing going up. So what is your message to Americans who are seeing these rising costs? And are you confident that you're doing enough to to finally bring these down? So look, the president has said for uh, some time now, when it comes to his his number one economic priority, is to deal with inflation, is to make sure that we are lowering costs for for, for the American people, for American families, Americans who have to come around the table, uh, you know, once a month in, in particular to figure out how are they going to pay those bills. Again, this is why the event that we're having uh, in less than 45 minutes to, to uh, celebrate and talk talk about, you're here from the president, about the Inflation Reduction Act is so critical. That is why Democrats and this president uh, took, took the, you know, did the hard work to get uh, that done. What hard to work? To lower costs on health care, to lower costs on prescription drugs, uh, and, uh, and also energy costs as well. Look, when you look at the data, the inflation data, uh, we're, we're seeing more progress bringing global How? inflation down in the U.S. economy, as I just stated moments ago. Overall, uh, prices have been essentially flat in our country these these last two months. Uh, that is welcome news for American families with more work still to do. As you know, every day this summer, gas prices have come down. Uh, uh, we are at about a dollar, have come down on average a dollar and 30 cents Yeah, but I thought the president doesn't, of the work that this doesn't control that. Did with the leadership uh, of this president. This month, we saw some welcome moderation in the price uh, increases uh, for food at the grocery store. It's moderating, uh, which is all right, important. All right, all right, all right, all right, shut her up. I can't stand the garbage pail kid of the White House because nothing but garbage comes out of her mouth. Like I said, she's stu- stu- stuck on stupid because she can't even spin correctly. She's trying, to, she's trying to do anything she can to make you believe that we're in a good position here. You're in a good position here. This president's done wonderful things. Inflation is worse. What are you talking about? How do you even how do you even justify that? But she can't even spin it. She's not even answering the question. And that is what they become really good at, ladies and gentlemen, not answering questions. Look, it's very, very simple. And I I think the moral of the story can be summed up very easily. And that's this long story short. When you're voting across the country in primaries, vote Republican. Because a vote for a Democrat is really just a vote for a talking turd. We'll be right back. A vote for a Democrat is really nothing more than voting for a talking turd. I just can't even stand listening to her. She makes zero sense. She makes absolutely zero sense when she's trying to even say anything. She doesn't even come close to answering the question. We don't know. We can't tell you. Look at it. If you just look at it, if you just look at it, if you talk about it, if you look at it, if you look at it, if you talk about it. Lovebug07 says, I can't stand this woman. She's worse than Peppermint Patty. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. New Hampshire writes, vote Jeremy Harrell, says Haji. Thank you very much. Get up a dollar, then down a dime. That's the Democrat way. You're, you're 100% right. Yep. That was Dorico 1982 on Getter. Folks, if you're watching on Getter, please just jump over to Rumble real quick and give us a, uh, give us a rumble. I would really appreciate it. 
Like I said, if we can even get to 50% of the people watching rumbling, then we're in good shape. And right now we have 900 rumbles. And we have 3,400 people on Rumble. So if we can get to 15, I would really appreciate that, guys. It's very simple. The boxing glove or the plus sign, okay? Uh, Before we come back from our commercial break, let's go ahead and uh, highlight a great sponsor of ours right now here on Life from America, and that's Gold Co., ladies and gentlemen. And they sponsor a lot of great uh, conservative content. I believe they sponsor Stu Peters. I believe they sponsor uh, Wayne Root. They sponsor a lot of uh, conservative people. Why? Because they know that conservative people are the ones with the money. They know that people that work their whole lives have a nest egg that they, they don't want destroyed by true international and under pressure. So ladies and gentlemen, if that sounds like you, if it's, and people, I, I saw something in the comment section today. What do you even do with gold? Well, you hold on to it. You put your money in gold so that gold rises and gold is, and, and your money isn't destroyed. The dollar isn't, as the dollar destroys, your money is safe. It's really only two places that I, that I, in my personal opinion, that your money is really safe. And that is precious metals and real estate. So you got to get into one or the other. And then when you want to liquidate that, you just sell it off and your dollar was saved. Your nest egg was saved and you made interest far more than you would in a bank. So go to goldco.com, 855-559-3433. Proud sponsor of Live from America. Secure your nest egg for retirement with actual gold and silver, and you can even transfer your 401k into an IRA if that so fits you and your family. Go to goldco.com today. At least call them. At least call them. They're worth a call. I can say that because they're great people, and they're going to direct you to what fits your needs, not just to what fits their needs. And I've had that plenty of, plenty of people tell me that same thing. So shout out Gold Co. All right, let's come back from this break. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hate this next story. I, I personally am infected by this next story because my father works in the railroad. So here we go. Please share and rumble. Share the link on rumble as well. Thank you very much for sticking around here on Real America's Voice News in the evening and the LFA family. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, I got to get into this next story, and it's not going to it's not going to um, it's not going to add any. Uh, it's basically going to add insult to injury. The injury being what Joe Biden is doing to this country. The in, the the injury being what the Democrats are doing to this country. Now, this is not your doom and gloom kind of show. We come on here and we usually give as much of the positive news as we can. But folks, when things are this bad, we've got to let the world know how bad they really are so that the daily news isn't spinning them into a, uh, into a web of lies because that's what happens. If you don't watch shows like this, if you don't watch networks like this, then you have no idea how bad certain things really are. And right now in this new Republican Party, we've got to get ahead of things and be, uh, we have to be um, you know, proactive rather than reactive because reactive gives, gets us what? It didn't overturn the, the, the fraudulent election being reactive. Being reactive sure as heck didn't get those 66 uh, election security laws um, that we needed in place in time. We have to be proactive, and that's why we bring you this news. Anyway, this next story really affects me because my father has been working for the railroad for 20 years. And if the railroad system uh, uh, industry goes down, then the world will fall into a deep recession, if not a depression. And as of right now, We have uh, three days. September 16th is the deadline for major freight railroads uh, as they prepare for a possible strike costing the U.S. economy, get this, more than $2 billion a day. 
<laughs> More than $2 billion a day. Talk about insult to injury. Talk about insult to injury. In an alleged fragile economy, excuse me, an already fragile economy, with inflation at 40-year high, out-of-control government spending and broken supply chains, which we talk about all the time, major freight railroads are preparing for a possible strike and service disruption as a September 16th deadline looms. The supply chain disaster under the Biden administration is poised to get even worse if this happens. America's freight railroads cover nearly 140,000 mile network across 49 states. A strike would shut down 7,000 class one trains per day, as well as disrupting passenger and commuter trains. Freight trains transport nearly every sector of our economy, including agricultural, industrial, wholesale, retail, and resource-based sectors. The Association of American Railroads details the devastating impact on the economy if this strike proceeds. Now, here's the problem, folks, okay? And this is why Donald J. Trump was so good at the economy, because Donald Trump went at it from a business private sector perspective, okay? And for all you politicians out there that have no idea how to start, grow, and have a successful business, it is imperative that in a business, if a problem happens, if a problem arises, it is, it is imperative that you locate that problem as soon as possible and that you minimize the damage of that problem and then rid your business of that problem immediately. Because if you don't, everything in your business relies on something else. And if something in your business is severed, well, then your whole business goes down. See, that's common sense to you and I. And that is why Donald Trump was so good at, at fixing the economy and growing a, the best economy the world has ever seen in just a couple years because this was all prior to COVID. He did this in like two years. Why? Because he went at it from a private sector businessman approach and the, Repu- and the Republicans and the Democrat politicians, that to them just does not compute, especially if you're a Democrat. It definitely doesn't compute. Now, most of you don't understand um, uh, how an entire U.S. economy work, works, and neither do I really to a certain extent, but I know enough to know that every economy is so very fragile. It's like a house of cards, and if you pull one out, the whole thing's going to come down. And that's not just our economy. That's every economy in the world, especially since we are a globally-based economy. So if, if Sweden goes down, we all get hurt. If Germany goes down, we all get hurt. Greece went down, and look what happened there. So the Democrats, they don't even understand this or they're doing it on purpose. I'll let you decide. But they've got to understand that this domino effect of destruction under Democrat rule has got to stop. Because if it doesn't stop, like I said, we're not only going to be into a very deep recession. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're just in a stagnant economy because of inflation. But we're heading towards recession. And, and, and. What's going to happen is we're going to skip right over recession into depression if we don't stop the bleeding. And the Democrats don't want to stop the bleeding. And that is why I said before the last commercial, if you go out and vote this year, and you better, because it means now more than ever, and you get behind that booth, don't be worried about who's going to see you. Don't be worried about who's going to judge you. Vote Republican, because a vote for a Democrat is nothing more than a vote for a walking, talking turd. 
And that's just, just the way it is. Now, we're going to move on from that because we've got to talk about Project Veritas for a minute. Project Veritas, folks, if it wasn't for them, I don't even know if we would... I don't, we definitely wouldn't have exposed as much of the swamp as we've exposed. Let's not give all the credit to Donald Trump. Project Veritas has done a great job. Now, one thing that James O'Keefe hates is when you call Project Veritas a far-right column or a far-right organization. He hates that because he's not that. He'd go after Republican or Democrat alike if they were breaking the law or doing something crazy. So let's give a hand, if we can, to Project Veritas. But folks, we've got to talk about the, uh, the case that they're, uh, that they're in versus the Southern District of New York over this Ashley Biden diary. Because if we don't expose the stuff that's going on and we don't get the word out there, nobody will. And folks, the SDNY judge and the prosecutor on the Project Veritas case are more than likely violating federal law with an illegal relationship that they have. Magistrate Judge Sarah Cave and Department uh, and DOJ Prosecutor Robert Sobelman have deep mutual ties going back to college at Colgate University. Federal Magistrate Sarah Cave, uh, Cave and Prosecutor Robert Sol, uh, Sobelman, excuse me, of the Southern District of New York have sat across the bench from each other for major hearings related to Project Veritas and the SDNY's targeting of the whistleblowing journalism outfit. At the behest of Sobelman and his DOJ colleagues, Judge Cave has signed off on Project Veritas search warrants and the plea deal that sent two people to federal prison as part of the Fed's effort to cover up the explosive contents of Ashley Biden's abandoned diary, which was obtained by Project Veritas and exclusively published by National File. Under federal law, though, Judge Cave and Prosecutor Sobelman could have an illegal relationship throwing the federal targeting of Project Veritas's journalists and others into serious question. Because of the fact that they go all the way back to college together, ladies and gentlemen, it's definitely a conflict of interest. And what you have is you have two people, two people that are both working hand in hand against Project Veritas. This can't be legal. This can't be right. It sure as heck isn't fair. And this needs to be exposed and it needs to be exposed now. Now, I know that I can't expose any any of this any more than Project Veritas does, but there's a lot of people who don't catch up on Project Veritas's updates. There's a lot of people who don't have social media and follow Project Veritas. So it's very hard for them to understand the great work that James O'Keefe and the journalists that work there are doing. So that's why it's incumbent upon people like me to make sure that we echo what people like Project Veritas are doing so that the world knows how unfairly and illegally this outfit and this organization is being treated all because they want to get out the truth. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world where men are women, women are men. It's okay to have sex with children because you're not a pedophile, you're a minor attracted person. And it's not okay to expose the evil and the wrongdoing of an individual who decides to take that path. However, it is wrong to target the person who exposes the evil wrongdoer and then shut them down for snitching by saying that they took it out of context. That is why America is leaving 
is becoming anti-Democrat real fast because everybody sees this is ridiculous. We'll be right back. That's why America is becoming anti-Democrat, folks. We are, this new generation is poised to become great young men and women of the new uh, Republican Party. This new generation, my kids' generation, they are very, very intelligent. They're very smart. They really are. I've had conversations with my, my kids and my kids' friends, and I'm like, how did you even know that? And they know that because podcasts like this are becoming very popular among the 18 to 24 age range. Folks, something that you might all not know, but check this out. Rumble right now is 25% the size of YouTube. Do you know how big YouTube is? YouTube has 350 million active users every day. And YouTube's been around for how long? And look at the influence that YouTube has. Look at the amount of money that content creators are making and have made off of YouTube. And Rumble has 80 million everyday active users and tens of thousands of content creators. They are already, in a few short years, 25% the size of YouTube. And if they continue on this growth pattern that they're on right now, in just one year, they will be 50% the size of YouTube. Now, right now, TikTok is the most watched video platform in the world, even over YouTube. But who cares? Because TikTok is Chinese, and we're going to get rid of that. But when it comes to YouTube versus uh, Rumble, Rumble might not be there yet, but they are closing the gap real fast. Now, here's the greatest part about the analysis of this. The largest group, the, the largest age range, the largest demographic is 18 to 24-year-olds that are signing up for Rumble every single day. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? That tells you that the youngsters out there are not being brainwashed like the generation before and like the millennials before that. This new generation is very, very smart. They're very keen to what's going on. They were, think about this. They grew up a majority of their, uh, of their years that they remember anyway in COVID. You think they're going to be duped anymore? You think they're going to be duped back into lockdowns? You think they're going to be duped back into brainwashed um, indoctrination? They're not stupid. And that's why you see so many of them filming their teachers. That's why. Because they've had enough. And they're saying, you know what? We are, go- we are the future, not you. Not you, Mitt Romney, not you, Lindsey Graham. We are the future. And none of us are going to be stupid Democrats. And I see so many kids saying that, folks. It's absolutely amazing. We almost have 1,100 rumbles. Let's keep that going. And let's come back from this uh, commercial break. But it's great. Like I said, 18 to 24-year-old range is killing it on the conservative side. And that is all the hard work that you guys have done. The sharing and the rumbling, all of it, it all adds up. Because every time you rumble, it doesn't matter if you share it or not. The more you rumble, the more uh, rumble will share it out to the masses. You see what I'm saying? It's all connected. It's all connected. All right, you're going to love this next, this next segment. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for sticking around here on Real America's Voice News. This is live from America, and we just had one heck of a conversation during the commercial break about this new generation coming up, this younger generation. They are not Democrats. They are not really even Republicans. What they are is common sense, conservative traditionalists. It's really amazing. The 18 to 24 age group right now is the fastest growing um, 
uh, Rumble has the fastest growing 18 to 24 age group uh, demographic than, than they've ever seen anything like this. Nobody's ever seen this kind of engagement from the young crowd getting away from mainstream. And that means that this young crowd is just so in tune and I love it so very much. That means that we're all winning and we're all winning together. And speaking of winning, let's go to the great state of Montana. Because if you live in Montana, you're going to be happy about this. Montana has adopted a permanent block on birth certificate changes for trans people. Now, only Tennessee, Oklahoma, and West Virginia have similar sweeping prohibitions against birth certificate changes. Uh, Advocates for transgender rights say Montana health officials last Friday made a permanent rule that blocks transgender people from changing their birth certificates even if they undergo a gender confirmation surgery. The move by Republican Governor Greg Gianforte administration comes just days before a court will hear arguments over the legality of a similar rule that's been in effect on an emergency basis since May. Now, the ACLU of Montana has asked a state judge, Michael Moses, to strike down the emergency rule. Moses, in April, had temporarily blocked a 2021 Montana law that made it difficult for transgender people to change their birth on the certificate. The law said people have had had to have a surgical procedure before they could change the sex listed on their birth certificate. But Gianforte's uh, administration then went further and blocked changes to the birth certificates even after surgery. Over the last several years, conservative legislators in numerous states have sought to limit the rights of transgender people. Yes, 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 when, it, when, those, when those rights aren't really rights and they're just uh, desires and wants that you have. Just because you want something doesn't make it a right. Just because you desire something doesn't make it a right. If you want to know what your rights are, then go back to the founding documents and read those. And then you don't have to argue with us any longer. Only Tennessee, Oklahoma, and West Virginia have similar sweeping prohibitions. Bans in Idaho and in Ohio were struck down in 2020. So ladies and gentlemen, if you live in the great state of Montana, please stand up and claim your prize of the day, which is the Smarty Award. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Smarty Award of the day goes to the state of Montana and their governor. Oh, and by the way, Rumble, if you ever do watch on Rumble, Rumble, you can now pull the uh, chat back and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't keep rolling. So more and more great, great news coming from the Rumble platform. And like I said, that is where everybody is waking up. They're getting away from YouTube. They're getting away from uh, Google. They're getting away from Facebook. They're getting away from Twitter because they want common sense like Montana just displayed right there. So we're making moves, ladies and gentlemen. And now here's some more moves. Here's some more good news. New York Times. The failing, fake New York Times. Actually, they're not failing. We, they're actually doing better than they've ever done before. Why? Because of fake news. But when I call them failing, I mean, sooner or later, ladies and gentlemen, you can only put out so much fake news. Look at CNN. Look at where they're headed right now. They're headed for a massive facelift because of the fact that they've been lying for so long. Well, the New York Times is heading that way themselves, folks, because they're about to lose one-third of their workforce if they decide to push them to come back to work. 
1,300 New York Times employees have made a pledge, almost like a, uh, a union, to not return back to headquarters at uh, the New York Times. The New York Times expects employees to start returning to the office three days a week starting this week. But more than 1,300 journalists, I'll put that in quotes, are saying hell to the no, they won't go. It's just the latest blow to the increasingly bitter contract dispute between the New York Guild Journalists Union, which includes reporters and photographers, as well as some editors and business side employees and upper management over wages. Now, I looked up how many people that the New York Times actually employs. Ladies and gentlemen, you would be surprised. I was shocked. I didn't know they, I didn't know they were this big. 4,700 employees which is a 4.4% increase from 2019. Then you got to ask yourself, how much PPE money or how much uh, COVID money did the New York Times take? And then you got to ask yourself, out of all this fear-mongering that went on in, during COVID, look who got rich. Look who grew 4.4% since 2019. It's the New York Times. So when 1,300 of their 4,700 employees are facing uh, or telling them that they're not going to come back, do you think the New York Times is really going to say, okay, well, you're fired? No, they can't. They can't because the only thing that they're riding high on is lies. And now that COVID is over and now that people like us exist and now that people like Real America's Voice exists and now that we can get the truth out there on platforms like Rumble, Truth, and, uh, and Getter and others – then they are absolutely screwed. They are at the height of, the, uh, of their business. They'll never get bigger. I can promise you that. 4.4% Four, uh, increase in two years, three years, and 4,700 employees is the best they'll ever do. That is the best they'll ever do. Why? Because you cannot have this kind of success when there's the alternative uh, narrative out there and the alternative voice, which is us. Now, that didn't exist in 2018 like it does today. It didn't exist in 2019 like it does today. It didn't exist in 2020, nor did it exist in 2021, because if it did, then I would still be on Facebook. I would still be on YouTube. I would still be on Twitter. Maybe not by choice, but I would be allowed to be at those places. But I'm not. And thank the good Lord that I'm not allowed to be in those places. Thank the good Lord. People like... um, People like all of you in places like this, this is going to be the ultimate downfall of the fake news. It's going to be the ultimate downfall of big tech. It's going to be the ultimate downfall of the swamp because we can't be silenced anymore. And that's what they fear the most. And that is exactly why they don't want a special master in the Trump case. Because if they can't control the narrative, then they can't control the country. If they can't control the narrative, they can't steal elections either. They are absolutely SOL when it comes to these midterms. They are. There's no amount of cheating that they're going to be able to do unless they suddenly implement ranked choice voting in every state or federalize the elections from now until then, which is not going to happen. I wouldn't go back to YouTube right now if you paid me. I wouldn't go back to Facebook right now if you paid me. If you paid me a million dollars, I wouldn't go back to those places. I just wouldn't. As a matter of fact, I've had people in LFA TV now say to me, hey, do you think we should be in these places? I said, no, I'm not going to be. I'm going to be where they tell the truth. Real America's Voice News, 
LFA, Rumble, Getter, True Social, Telegram even. I'm staying far away from the people that don't want us. I'm staying far away from the people that try to silence us and take our rights away. That's it. I'm not going to engage in the game. It takes two to tango. So ladies and gentlemen, this is good news, if you ask me. This is good news for the failing New York Times. And you know what? Just for giggles, let's go ahead before this uh, segment is over and give the New York Times the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. You shot yourself in your foot? And you grew too big, too fast, New York Times, because right now we're on your heels and we're going to take you down next. It's called draining the swamp, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing it and we're doing it as, at a rate that nobody ever expected. So don't let them lie to you. Don't let them, don't let them, make, uh, don't let them make you afraid to be a Trump supporter. Don't let them make you afraid to stand up for what's right. Just keep marching forward. You've got God on your side. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got one more segment left, and I think it's going to be a very inspiring segment because I really do believe, especially now that we have the loud majority guys here on LFA TV, I really do believe, really do believe that we can take back New York. I really do. For one, for $1 million, think about it. No, I wouldn't. I would not. You could not get me to go back to YouTube or Facebook for a $1 million. I wouldn't even take it. Wouldn't take it. Actually, I might take it, and then I might go say the absolute uh, most most uh, censored things that you could say and then get banned again and then take off with the money. <laughs> Thank you very much, Snell. I appreciate that. Where are we with Rumbles right now, guys? We're not even at 1,200 yet, but that's okay. 1,144, that's really good. We've got 2,500 people watching over on Getter. You guys are nuts. You guys are nuts. Kind Embroidery. Check out Kind Embroidery. And ladies and gentlemen, I was going to do it tonight, but I'm going to do it tomorrow because I want to do it justice. Tomorrow, I will be debuting the new commercial from RMA Apparel. And folks, they have been a great vendor for us here on LFA. What a great time it's been with Holly. And I can't wait to show her commercial. So I'll be showing that on tomorrow morning's show. I didn't really have fit it into tonight's uh, time frame. I requested a vote for Jeremy Button. Still haven't gotten it yet. Heather Heratic. Yeah, that's because those are really reserved if you request them on uh, heraldforfreedom.com. Uh, uh, those are really reserved for people locally While because I can't buy a lot, a lot of them and send them out to everybody. But if we do have any of them left at the end of the campaign, because um, we will win, right? If we do have any of them left, I'll send them out to as many people as I possibly can, okay? Jeremy has to stay at least 1,000 feet away from YouTube. Oreo Express, Rumble or YouTube, is supposed to be at DC Gulag tonight to film the J6 vigil. Okay, thank you, Melissa. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hey, let's get one more big round of sharing and rumbles out real quick, folks, before we end the show because we're going to end strong, okay? All right, here we go. And welcome back to Live from America, guys. As always, it's been great. As always, it's been fun. And as always, I want to leave you with a little bit of inspiration. Can we take New York back? Is New York lost for good in a sea of blue? Is New York and California a lost cause? Or do we have a possibility? Do we have a chance? Do we have an opportunity to turn the state of New York red? Now, as I've been working very closely with, the, with, with a lot of New York guys, uh, shout out Sean Ferris, shout out Kevin Smith, 
Shout out everybody out there in the loud majority trying to turn New York red. I really believe it's possible, folks. And here's why. Because I never really thought Lee Zeldin was a really strong candidate prior to him winning the primary. Now I believe that Lee Zeldin is a very strong candidate. And what makes me believe that Lee Zeldin is a very strong candidate is that Democrats are now publicly admitting that Kathy Hochul is bad for New York and that they are putting their support behind Lee Zeldin. Democrats, city council uh, Democrats from Queens of all places. Folks, this is what happens when you actually get engaged. And I got to tell you, those loud majority guys and everybody that's working, the Studio 6B guys, all those people that are working incredibly hard in and around the city and even in upstate and over to the west, uh, western side of uh, New York, you guys are working so hard. And this is a testament, this video that I'm about to show you, it is a testament to how what happens when everybody gets involved. We say it all the time, many hands make light work. Let's go to this video. I want to bring up again somebody that we're going to be counting on to get New York City and New York State back where we should be, a safe and prosperous state. And we believe he'll do it. We just have to have New Yorkers come out and vote. Vote, again, what they're seeing on the streets of New York City. I've been around in New York for 70 years. I've never seen anything close to this. I've lived through the worst times in New York. It was never this bad. That's why we need someone. Again, someone that will lead us and if, you, if you're going to vote for, for Governor Hochul, look around. This is what you're going to get and worse. It's only going to get worse. So we, we, we're really counting on the, our next speaker. Again, the next governor, Lee Zeldin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that was City Councilman Robert Holden. City Councilman Robert Holden, who is a Democrat, and said, I have lived for 70 years in New York, and I've never seen anything like it is now. So here's what you have to do in New York to make sure you win. First of all, if you're not engaged, get engaged. Knock on doors. Do whatever you possibly can to turn New York red. And I mean anything that you possibly can. Leave no stone unturned. That's number one. Number two. You guys have got to work very, 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 very hard, very hard on day of voting to make sure that there's no shenanigans like there was in Michigan last year, like when they kicked out Republican poll watchers and all that. You got to work extra hard. You got to make sure you did what Virginia did for Glenn Youngkin, and you got to have 90% plus of the poll watching seats and stations filled. It's incumbent upon you to do that. And you know what? You know who that's, who who's fits that mold to do that job amazingly? is you folks who are retired. You folks who are retired and you have the time to go out and fight for your country and fight for our youth. There are so many retired folks out there who feel like they can't get involved. Yes, you can. You can get involved and you can make change. And if we can turn New York red in 2022, oh my lanta, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the sky is the limit and then some. So let's make it happen, New York. Let's make it happen. Let's stand strong. Let's work together. Let's figure out what we got to do to get RAV to help, LFA to help, anybody we got to get. Because if we can turn New York red, ladies and gentlemen, we truly are on our way to making America great again for 50 years. Just like after World War II. Folks, that's going to do it for Live from America tonight. Please go to JeremyHarrell.com right now. Check it out. Check out the website. 
And if for any other reason, go to the American Strong Companies tab. There is four, almost 450 American businesses in there for you to shop at. Could be right in your state. Check it out. It's our own directory of American-made companies that are just out there trying to make a living. Also, while you're there, sign up for a Bible if you need one. Sign up for the newsletter. It's at the bottom of the first page. Please do that. Okay? Morning devotional every single day. And also, if you can, sign up to be a one-time or monthly donor because we rely pretty much everything on donor uh, help. So God bless each and every one of you. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I'll see you tomorrow for more Live from America. Until then, keep your families close. Keep a smile on your face and keep spreading that gospel. Peace. Stop screaming that we first in America